0: Welcome to the ZOE household. Our desire is to bring you to the consciousness of the God life that has been made available to everyone who believes the Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen to this powerful message by Pastor Ola Kiosi, the resident pastor of the ZOE household Lagos. God bless you. to the scripture of the month, it's our memory verse for the month. 1st Peter 2 verses 9. 1st Peter 2 verses 9. So good to see you guys in church today. I love you all. I love you all so much. Glory to God. Are we there? 1st Peter 2 verses 9. Remember this scripture all through this month and for the rest of your life. All right. It goes. Can we read it? One, two, ready, go. You. Hallelujah. <coughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, you know, many of you, because you have been taught, it's so easy to understand what it's actually you're referring to. You know, that when he's talking about the chosen generation, he's referring to you. But <clears throat> let me just assume we don't know. All right. First Peter's 2 verse 2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. That's the same um, chapter, but verse 2 of it says, As newborn babes desire what? The sincere milk of the word. It says that you may grow thereby. So obviously, from the introduction of the chapter, you can see clearly that he's talking to who? Believers. All right. And most importantly, he was talking to those that were still new in the faith. All right? If not, he would have said, as Nebombe is that to say, make of the word. All right? That you may grow thereby. <clears throat> verse 6, It says, Wherefore also, verse 6 of the same chapter, Dita, you welcome. So good to see you. Shalmiel, I'm just seeing her. Awesome. All right, so he says, 1 Peter 2, verse 6, he says, Wherefore also, it is contained in the scriptures, behold, I lay in Sion. The Sion there means Zion, and what it basically means in church. It says, A chief, cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Alright, so in context, it's talking about people who are believers in the word of God. So the Friday then gets to verse 9. And then, you know, referring to believers, people that believe the word of God and have come into the fold. And he's declaring to them that, hey, come on guys, you are what? You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. <coughs> Amen? You are a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him that has called you out of darkness. Where? Into his marvelous light. Let's look at verse 10. <coughs> Alright? So, first of all, how hope you know when he says, you're a chosen generation. You know, some people could ponder, you know, have these thoughts in their hearts. You know, is it my generation? Because when we talk about generation, we talk about the Gen Zs. We talk about the, the 90s, you know. But, but, but listen, the generation in there is describing times and seasons. So the generation is talking about is the, the generation after the coming of Christ. Amen? So everybody after the coming of Christ is one generation. Eh. Hey. Please, Lord, we won't pay for damages in this place. It's at owner's risk. Alright. So he says here, You are a chosen generation. So that means every person that believes in the person of Jesus Christ is who is part of the chosen generation, is a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people to show for the praise of him that has called them out of darkness into this marvelous light. Then verse 10 then says, He says, which in time past, he says, We're not a people, but now I love this verse. People don't really, you know, people, we call, the, we call the verse 9 a lot, but people don't quote verse 10 a lot, and we should. I'll read again. It says, which in time past were not what? A people, but are now what? The people of God. He says, which had not obtained mercy, but now have what? So, he said, now these people, this generation, are a people of God, who initially didn't have mercy, but now they have what? But now they have obtained mercy. So, he you no know one word that the the statement that I really strikes me is the fact that it says a people of God. So it says here that we are not just a chosen generation, we are actually a people of God. You know, and I and I did a study all through the Bible to see the places where the the, the mention of the people of God was actually declared. And you know, there are a lot of amazing things I saw. All right, everywhere you know, the word was used. Initially, it was used for the Israelites, all right? And it was a statement used to foretell who we that believe in Christ would be after the coming of Jesus Christ. So let's just look at some of the places where we, you know, it was made mention in the Bible, the people of God. Firstly, and what they represent. So one of the things I noticed that um one of the things I noticed is that it was used for right down number one, it was used for people with a repent for a people with a repentant heart. It was used for a people with a repentant heart. All right, did you hear me? So I, like I said earlier, I looked through the scriptures to see the places where um, God referred to people as His people. All right, to so a generation mm-hmm. as His people. <laughs> and one of the things I noticed is that He declared that you know, they are a people with a repentant heart. So Jeremiah chapter 24, verses 7. Jeremiah 24, verses 7. And he says, I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. So for they shall return unto me with their own words, they shall return unto me with their own words, so Jesus, we see, I said Jesus, oh my God. Alright, so we can see that in this book of Jeremiah, it was used to a people that are returning to the Lord. People that are of a repentant heart. There were people that were ascribed as what? The people of God. Alright, I'll read it again. I'll read it again. It says, and I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be, my God, I will be their God, and they shall return unto me, With their whole heart. Secondly, I noticed that he used that statement to identify those who are his temple or those who are his house. Alright? So, whenever you hear the statement of the people of God, you first remember people with a repentant heart. Alright? Secondly, when you hear the people of God, you should, what should come to your mind as well is people who are the house of God, a people. Who are what? Who are the house of God? Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. 2nd Corinthians 6, verse 16. When you're there, say glory. Alright. And it goes thus. Um, and what agreement had the temple of God with idols? He says, For you are what? The temple of the living God, as God had said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be what? They shall be my what? So you can see as well that is ascribed to people that God dwells where? In them. He said, I will dwell where? In them, walk in them. Come on. So when you hear the statement a people of God, people you could declare to yourself that these are the people that God lives, dwells, and walks in and through them. That's powerful. A people of God, these are the people that God walks with. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you hear that statement, these are a the people of God, you should think, oh, these are a the people that God what? God lives and walks with. All right, and there are many other references for that. There's Ezekiel 37, verse 27. We'll look at it. Call time. Ezekiel 37, verse 27. There's Revelation 21, verses 3. As well as Leviticus 26, verses 12. I'll go again. Please pay attention. Make sure you write as much as possible. Alright. So you can also study in your personal time. Make sure you have something to take at the end of the day. Or even as of someone, make sure something stays in your heart. Alright. So I'll say it again. Ezekiel 37, verse 27. Revelations, chapter 21, verses 3. Leviticus 23, sorry, Leviticus 26, verses verses 12. Leviticus 26, verses 12. Those who are wise, we worship you. Iba, ho, Iba. Iba oh, Iba. Amen. Thirdly, it is used for a people that are sanctified by God. A people that have been cleansed and sanctified by God. Thirdly, it is used for a people that have been what? Sanctified, cleansed, and sanctified by the Lord. Ezekiel 37, verses 23. His, don't forget these words. All right. Ezekiel 37, verse 23. He says, Neither shall they defile themselves anymore with their idols, nor with what? Deseitable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I would save them out of the, their dwelling place wherein they have what? Sin. And I would what? Cleanse them. So shall they be my people, and I would be their so you can see there is a cleansing that takes place with and for the people of God. Alright, so you can see people of God are people are also sanctified by the Lord Almighty. Fourth, number four. There are people who the, Lord, the laws of the Lord is written in their hearts. There are people who the laws of the Lord is written in their hearts. There are people who the laws of the Lord the law of the Lord is written in their hearts. Hebrews chapter 8 verses 10. Hebrews 8 verses 10. How are you? How are you? You're a bad girl. I'm just joking. You're a good girl in Jesus' name. <laughs> All right. Are we there? Hebrews eight verses ten. It says here, For this is the covenant that we make with the house of Israel. After those days, said the Lord, it says, I will what? Put my laws in there, and I will write them in there, and I will be to them a and they shall be to me what? So you can see again. They shall be what? A people of God, and he shall be their God. So there are people who you can say they, they in their hearts they have the laws of God in their heart already. He has given unto them a new heart. Ezekiel chapter 11 verses 19 another reference. Let's look at that. Ezekiel 11 verses 19 and 20. Ezekiel 11 verses 19 and 20 or two twenty. And goes better. He says and I would what? Are we there? And I would what? And I will put a new spirit where? Amen. And I will take the stoneyard out of there. And I will give them a heart of flesh. Verse 20. One to go. What do you say? That I have walk in my circumstances and keep my ordinances And do them and they shall be my people and I will be their God. Amen. So these are people who... You know, I've been, it has already been inscribed in their heart the laws of the Lord. You know, I feel like one of the greatest, one of the things, not greatest, but one of the things that God did that really marvels me a lot is how that initially, the laws were on tablets or stones. You saw it. But naturally, even without somebody stating the Ten Commandments to you, in your heart, there's just a knowing. You know good, you know wrong. You know what is right, you know what is wrong. The only thing that can is that you can just severe the conscience. But you, everybody will know when you do something bad, you run. You just know it. Even a small child, if they bite it, they will run. They know it's bad. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's one of the amazing mysteries of God that is what they call the circumcision of the heart. Now, by the circumcision of the heart, you know, by him circumcising the first thing of our hearts that was made with our hands, that means no one did it but God did it. So no man could take the glory. By that he inscribed inscribed in our heart what? His laws. He gave us a new heart, a heart of flesh. That would we'll then know would we'll know the ways of don't be scared. <laughs> right? And we we'll would then know what the ways of the Lord. So just picture this. It's just like saying you have an internal compass. See what I'm saying? you have know what they call what? An internal compass. It's just a knowing. It's just a knowing. Hallelujah! And it says that we shall be what His people, and He will be our God. Hallelujah! All right. Number five. Okay, do I have more references on that? Look at Jeremiah. You can write it down. We won't read it, but Jeremiah thirty-one verse thirty-three. Jeremiah thirty-one verse thirty-three. Revelations 21, verses 3 to 5. Okay, that's number 5. No, no, the square, the square, number 4. Number 5 is, the are people of no sorrow, or with the promise of no sorrow. They are people with the promise of no sorrow. Revelations 21, verses 3 to 5. Let's, let's stop at 5. It says here, Are you there? Are you there? It says, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is where? With man, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. Verse 4 says, And God shall wipe away all tears from there, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow. No crying, for there shall be no more pain. For the former things are passed away. Glory to God. Glory to God. So this is the promise of God. These are the people that they have a promise that there's no, there's no more, no longer going to be what death for them. No longer going to be what sorrow. No longer going to be pain. Sounds like a pop-a-sla. You go through pains a lot. Bre- you know, heartbreak and all of that. <laughs> Okay, firstly, it's a promise of the New Jerusalem. All right? As well, even though it's a promise of the New Jerusalem, there's a fourth year on it. Do you get what I'm saying? So by the enjoining of the Spirit of God in you, you can experience no sorrow. Not that things will make you sorrowful, but it's, you won't be sorrowful by it. Not that things won't inflict you, or you won't be afflicted. But even though you are afflicted, you are not pained. So you have, you have the testimony of a poor, i would say in all things what rejoice even though i'm pressed on every side i would what rejoice rejoice forevermore do you get what i'm saying so that's the state of the believer that in all things i'm comforted where there's affliction i'm comforted can you imagine you know somebody hearing that maybe probably you know his house had you know caught fire his company you know is closing down and then breaking the news to him and he's like oh glory to god glory. It sounds weird, but listen—that's the way to respond in faith. Do you get what I'm saying? If you truly know that you're a people, a person of God, you're of the tribe of God, and He's your God, yeah, you fully understand that. If that could happen, it all works for your glory. Do you get what I'm saying? You must be able to have the testimony of a no, no—not of Job, a better testimony than Job. That even though these things go,es it's not the Lord that took them away. However, Though I'm afflicted, my God is able to restore every single one. Do you get what I'm saying? So, you know, a believer will be able to have the mind of, you know, in spite of our light affliction, you know, he worked for us and exceeding an eternal weight of glory. So with the more affliction, the more the joy. Do you get what I'm saying? So, first it's a promise of the new Jerusalem, but there's a fourth year on earth. When you operate in a realm of faith and understanding of God's word. You will be so weird. You appear so mad in the present world. Nothing moves you. Nothing shakes you. In all things rejoice. Glory to God. In spite of whatever whatsoever is happening, you are joyful. You know, before I go for you know, I strongly believe that believers are not those that have mood swings. Amen? Just... What's your, I'm, not, I'm not in the mood. Listen we, are, we, listen, we are always going to be in the mood. For we are, listen, we are the dwelling place of God. If God is in us, the dwelling place of God is ascribed as a place of joy. Yes, so, a static state of a believer is joy. All right. All right. So, there's nothing of, do you get what I'm saying? There's no sudden mood swing. If there's to be any sudden mood swing, it should be you going from a state of being sad to being joyful. It should happen rapidly by the word of God. Do you get what I'm saying? The state of a believer is joy, and joy forevermore. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So indeed, the people of God are people without sorrow. Not because things are not happening, but they know their place in Christ. They understand that they are of the tribe of God. They understand that in them is a dwelling place of God. Do you get what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Do you guys get what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. All right. So there's no fear of death. So if you, you will see the testimony of Paul in Philippians 1. You know, I think that was 22, 23. He said, I'm confused. I have two things in my mind. Either to die, which is far better. You know, to die and then to be with, be with the Lord, which is far better. Or to stay on it and then be with you. He said, for this is far better for you or needful for you. So eventually said, I'm going to choose the needful. Not because it's profitable for me. But it's natural for you, so it means to him the death was good. Do you get what I'm saying? So there's no death for the believer. It's not less. It's not really death per se. It's transition into glory. I'm serious. So when we see those things on the obituary, transition to glory, they got it from the word. We read. We what we're just doing is that we're just reading, but we're not understanding the revelation behind those words because the true believer never dies. He transitions said, for we in Christ, we, we are passed from deaths into life. We've been judged. You get know what I'm saying? So there's no fear of, hey. It's an excitement. You, you, you're, 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 you, you imagine the school closing and your parents coming. You're excited to go here. Home. So imagine you have the PlayStation at home. You have your friends at home. You're excited. School is no more in your mind. School is just needful. So, you get know what I'm saying? School is just what? is needful. But what, where, where, is, where is the place that is still on your mind? So you are more home conscious. So the state of the believer, we are always going to be, we always should always have the mind of preparing for home. Do you get what I'm saying? Whatever we do here on earth we do it as unto the Lord. We are conscious of where we are going. We are sure of where we are going, so therefore we are conscious. The time is short, we are making haste to do what, things such as preaching the gospel, getting as many people saved as possible. Raising and discipling men as much as possible. Why? We are conscious the time is short and we are going home soon. If you like, say you're living a hundred years, your life is still short. I'm being honest with you. The Bible says the thousand years is a second before God. It took. You think you have lived, but God is like, uh ah. just you just I just blink my eyes, and you're back. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm being very honest. Make haste, make ace. The time is short. Maybe, you, maybe this this word is coming prophetically. Maybe you are thinking there's time for the assignment. There's no time for the assignment. If you don't start now, error. Do you get what I'm saying? You can start some other time, but listen. Many people would have suffered before you started the work. So the best time to start the work of God is now. Make haste now. Be diligent now. Act as though there's no tomorrow. You know, there's the thought of, ah, let me be comfortable first. This is the word of knowledge. God, let me be comfortable. God is telling you, you don't get comfortable to do his work. His work is now. I'd I said that person, she lifted up his hand, but now I'm speaking to somebody. Hallelujah. Do you get what I'm saying? The work is what? You don't give God conditions. God, I will save you, but let me first do this. Come on. You are, you are his people. He's your Lord and personal. The thing about the Lord is that he commands. He does not advise. Command means as a speaking, you ought to oblige. You don't say, Ah, and God, King, I know you want me to go here, but wait now. Let me. It doesn't work that way. Mercy keeps you, but don't take for granted the mercy. Do you get what I'm saying. So there's no time. Make haste. Whoever that person is that that I know by the spirit of God, I digressed here. Make haste. Don't let this word be, you know, fall to the ground. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Number six, they are people of covenants. They are people of what? A people of covenant. A people who God has made covenant with. Isn't that so sweet? Who remembers the first one? He said? Number two? Number three? Number four? <laughs> okay, number five. The with a promise, no oh, promise of no sorrow, yes. The number six is what? The people a people of covenant. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 32 verse 37. Jeremiah 32 verse 37. So I meaning people that God has made a covenant with. Let me find start, you know, reading the scriptures. Jeremiah 32 verse 37. Did I tell you? All right. You know, you must have the understanding of what they call covenant. Covenant is where two persons come together and swear by the highest thing that they have. To never break their words or promises. So, for instance, the highest thing I have is this. I swear by this that I would never do this and this to you. And the highest thing, you know, that a man possesses is his life. So when people make covenant, they make covenant with their very own life. Such that it cannot or it should not be broken. If it is broken, the other person's life is to go for it. Covenant is not something, you know, we are BFS forever, you know, we do pinkies way. Those pinkies, no pinkies way, you know, ka, ka. Today I made a covenant, you know, not lie. Covenant is deeper than that. Listen, when you look through the Bible, covenant many a times, and even you know, when you watch all these traditional movies, they get it. Even these courtes guys, they get it. The life of a man is where? If the highest thing a man possesses what is his life, so and is to swear in a covenant by what he has which is, the, which is his life, there's always going to be the shedding of blood. Amen? Amen? Amen. So, picture this. God made a covenant with man that he himself must not break. With blood, but God is his Spirit. Where is His blood? Through Jesus Christ, His blood was shed on the cross of Calvary for us. Where did we give our blood? By faith. <laughs> so what? The truth is, by faith He did it. How? In the through the circumcision of our hearts, there was a shedding of the four skins of our hearts. Do you get what I'm saying? But listen, God swore by Himself. God had made a covenant with a people. Picture this. God decided to make a covenant with a people. Who, who are these people? How special must they be? They really must be peculiar. Amen? It must be of a unique tribe. Now God went to and fro the earth and he said, of these people, will I choose? They will be my people and I will be their, their God. That statement alone is a covenant statement. And I feel like every believer can hold on to that statement. It can change your life and the narrative of your destiny. Every time you are conscious, I'm a people of God. is my God. It can change the narrative of a lot of things. Let's just look into the scripture quickly. Jeremiah 32 verse 37. The scripture is not on display. What is going on? It's on display. Okay, I'm not saying it. Wow. Revelation eyes. Okay. Oh, it's it's, it's on display now. (laughs) Oh, Lord. I love you guys. Jeremiah 32, verse 37 to 41. So, we're going to read. Are you ready? Can you read it? One, two, ready, go. Amen. wait, wait a minute. Um, Sorry. Wait, I thought I was in my mouth. So, wait a minute. So, there do, do, do was a prophecy, right? So, Jeremiah was prophesying about what, you know, was prophesying to who exactly? Children of what? Children of Israel. And he said, Behold, I will gather to them, them out of all countries, whether I have driven them in my anger, in my fury, and in great church, and I will bring them again to this place, and I will cause them to dwell where? Has that prophecy been fulfilled, literally? Where, where has the prophecy been fulfilled? The prophecy to who? The Israelites, right? How are the Israelites gathered in one place right now, and are they all safe? Israelites never—they never went a you know a season without persecution, Babylonian Empire to what the Roman Empire, you know. So that prophecy literally has not been fulfilled. So it means it's not a literal prophecy. It's a poetic or prophetic one. Talking about a people of God who are what? Scattered abroad. Who are those scattered abroad? We. Gentiles. And it draws us onto a place that we may dwell safely. Where is the place? In Christ. Amen? He's talking about a people of God, not just a tribe. Amen. We're talking about the people of God. Okay, I'm still going to talk about that, that more extensively. There's time to do the next. The people of God is not talking, is not just talking about the tribe of Israel. He's talking about everybody that believes in the name of Jesus. Everybody that believes in the name of Jesus as their Lord and their what? Personal savior, Glory to God. So let's read. So this is talking about you, not just the Israelites. So go on. Verse 38. One, two, ready. That's it. Um, The person with the system, we're reading down to 41. One, two, ready, go. Let's go. Come on. I was waiting somebody to rejoice at that statement. Verse 40. He says, And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Says that I will not turn away from Kai. This is a covenant. God has sworn by Himself. He said, I would never turn away from these people. Sometimes you need to understand, even the Israelites, they were a prototype of the believer in Christ. You, you know, you'd be like, the, 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 the Israelites saw a lot of miracles of God. Then they should not have been rebellious. They should have always been trusting of God. Do you know that even up until now, you've seen many miracles of God, but you're not fully trusting on God? God should have given up on you. But why is he still with you? Because he has sworn by himself, his very life. That he will never what will never depart. So just the way the Israelites received the sure messages of God, we also see this, we are receiving the what? A greater sure message of God. A greater one. Hallelujah. So God made an everlasting covenant that he will not turn away from them to do them good, but he will put, you know, in our heart, his fear in our heart, and we shall not depart from him. Verse 31 says, "Yea, I will rejoice over them to do them good. God rejoiced to do us good, God rejoiced to do us to do us good. He said, and I will plant in them this land, I'll plant them in this land assured thee with my whole heart and with my whole soul. Hallelujah. The Father God declared this statement about you know making a covenant with us was in Genesis 17, verse 7. Genesis 17, verse 7. He says, And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed. And after their generation, for an everlasting covenant to be a god unto thee and to this and to thy seed after thee. Verse 8 it says, And I will give unto thee and thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger and a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their god. Hallelujah! Now, this was declared to Abraham, the person we call Father Abraham. And we are partakers of every promise and every covenant God made with Abraham. I hope you know. So, there's not just, you can't assume you're part of it. You are truly part of this promise. Started with Abraham, then Abraham and his seeds. And it's to endure forever and ever. And we are partakers of it. Amen. 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 You guys, you're very stupid, Am I boring? I'm boring you guys. Sorry, uh, the jokes are not coming today. Maybe next 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 week I'll put jokes in my sermon. Is that? It? We're getting blessed. You want to be my interpreter? <laughs> oh sure. All right. Oh yeah. A jealousy. A No, not Peter, no colossi Galatia, Galatia. (laughs) eh? Gala Galatia, even you do not know, amen. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? You Galatians in Yoruba, if he show you, Galatia. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. It is important to know that the guardian of the people of God is called the church. That's um, done with that. Just forging on the teaching. It's important to know that the people of God is called the church. The Greek word ecclesia, which is popularly known. So these people of God, who are of a repentant hearts, who are cleansed and sanctified, who are the temple of God, who are of the promise of no sorrow, who God had made a covenant with. He said, you know, we could describe that the guardian of this sect of people is called the church. All right, you know, and there's a view of the church as well. You know, the church naturally implies Every called-out believer in the body of Christ, regardless of the denomination. And it's what we also call the local assembly. That's the local church. That's like where you're fellowshipping every Sunday. You know, having your personal time and things like that. All right, But it's important to know that the general God you know God's people is called what? The church. we what is the ecclesia, which we all know. A generic meaning to it is a call that people. The generic meaning to it is what? A call that people. A gathering together of people of the same beliefs or religion. A gathering together of the people of what? The same people of religion. That's a generic meaning to it. You know, a call that people. That means there's a call. They are called that people. If I say call now, you know. You could say, let me not sermonize it, gone. A called our people, a gathered together people of the same beliefs or religion. Has a generic meaning to it. You know, and some of you would kind of argue with it, you know, that why religion? You know, even at a point I was guilty of it, but I've repented of it as well. Re- what what we are practicing here is called religion. You know, Christians say it's, it's right? the ones that are too doctrinal. We don't do religion, you know. Even said it in evangelism. I'm not bringing religion to you. I'm just bringing Jesus. Jesus is a religion. The generic meaning of religion means a way of life. So, who's your way of life? It's Jesus. If Jesus is your way of life that is your religion which you are practicing. And it was even made mention in the Bible. People of God were called, you know, called out to be practicing a religion. Look at James chapter one verses twenty-six to twenty seven. James one twenty six to twenty seven. Michael, can you play? Are we there? Alright, one to ready, go, let's read. Okay? 27. 27 is... What's 27? because did that talk against the word religion what he only did was to correct people that were practicing you know religion in the wrong way where it endorses it endorses the word religion the people that cater for the fatherless the widows and that's what the church actually should do or does as well you know we're going to do a deeper extensive study you know of the of the church this month There's a lot I want to say and a lot I want to share with you guys, and I hold you to be a part of it because I feel like the church, in generic term, is not properly understood by even people in the church. So therefore, abuse is inevitable. Whatever you don't understand, you would abuse it. Whatever you don't understand, you wouldn't appreciate it. There's so much to say about the church. There's so much happening in the church that you must be conscious of. All right? Glory to God. All right, I'm just gonna say a few things and then we'll wrap up. All right, I don't want to start something, I won't finish now. All right. So don't forget. The church is a quarter of people or a gathering together of people of the same beliefs or religion. Religion there talks about a way of life. The Greek word there is trachecia That's T H R E S K E I A. Can we pray in the Holy Spirit? Can we pray in the Holy Spirit? Can we pray in the Holy Spirit? Kai. Thank you for listening. We know you have been equipped, changed, and transformed by the word. If you have any questions or inquiries, please reach out to us on Instagram at the Zoe Household Lagos or via mail, zoehousehold at gmail.com. God bless you.